Hey, how you guys doing? This is the producer from Brothers Comics. Hey, welcome to this little add-on for our podcast this week in the association. Uh, let you behind the scenes of the show a little bit. Me and Will Stacks recorded on Wednesday night before the trade deadline, thinking that not much was going to happen. But then, bada-bing, bada-boom, at about 12.30 today, the Cleveland Cavaliers go nuts and start trading away about half their team. So we recorded this little bit um, this afternoon uh, as he was driving home from work and I was sitting in my office. So uh, give a listen to that and then it's going to flow right into the podcast that we recorded last night. Remember, you can find this on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, um, all your favorite uh, podcasting streaming apps. So y'all take it easy. Peace. Hey, how you guys doing? This is the producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to This Week in the Association, our NBA recap podcast where we go over all things all NBA on the line tonight. Um, he's off the 15-day DL if you listen to last week's episode. Um, we're not going to trade him. He's one of our valuable assets, uh, maybe for cash and considerations if you make a good enough offer. It's Will Stack. Will Stack's in the house, feeling much better. Got some of that tussing in me. What's up, what's up, what's up? Man, you know how it is. We are just uh, kind of going through um, a little bit of stuff right here before the trade deadline in the NBA. Uh, the trade deadline um, fastly approaching, a little less than 24 hours away. Uh, tomorrow at, I think, 8 o'clock is the deadline. Uh, not a lot of moves yet. We're going to talk about it here in a little bit. Uh, but generally speaking, are you anticipating anything big? You know, uh I thought Lou Williams was the key figure, but he just signed that three-year extension today, so that takes him off the market. So um, he was the big, big uh, person. Everybody looking for that scoring punch. No Lou Williams. I don't see much movement. So um, I don't see a whole lot of changing. Uh, people are ready to roll what they got. Yeah, for sure. All right. So we get into this jump ball here. Uh, our first topic before we get into the basketball stuff. Uh, the Super Bowl was this past Sunday. Um, the Eagles finally get off the snide, win their first Super Bowl ever, uh, 41-38. No, 41-33. Yeah, 41-33 over the New England Patriots. Uh, what was your reaction to the game? Well, I tell you, uh, from uh, beginning to end, this probably was the best. Super Bowl that I've ever watched from beginning to end. You know, I thought about a couple other Super Bowls, the Rams and the Titans that uh, came down to the last second of the uh, one yard short or even the uh, Patriots and the Seahawks a few years ago that came down to the last interception by Malcolm Butler, a story this year. Um, (laughs) That was a very exciting game. Uh, The Steelers and the uh, Arizona Cardinals, I thought of that one. The last quarter of that game was outstanding. But from start to finish, I mean, you can't that, – that was an awesome game, awesome. And big ups to Philly for pulling it off, for, for holding on. Even after New England came back and took the lead, uh, they still, you know, stayed the course. And uh, big ups to Philly, big party uh, coming in – the city of brotherly love. Yeah. Um, I watched every minute. I typically don't. And I was like, man, is anybody going to make a defensive play? Is anybody going to punt uh, in this game? Um, and only, I think, one punt and really only one major defensive play in the fourth quarter. 
where that strip sack um, comes on Brady. Uh, so, yeah, I thought it was really exciting. Happy for Philadelphia. Uh, their fans rioted. That's not a celebration. That's a riot. Um, if people are jumping off of hotels and turning and flipping over cars and stuff, uh, that's a riot. And I know you're happy and all that, and that's a great celebration and whatever. But, yeah, that's a riot. Uh, but, yeah, it was a good game. I uh, was definitely um, happy to see the Patriots lose. Um, uh, Angel gets their wings every time they don't win, so I'm straight. Um, what about commercials? Was any of the commercials, you know, you know, stand out to you? Super Bowls of late, the last few have been extremely subpar in the in the Super Bowl commercials. You know, the ad price seems to be going up every year, but the quality seems to be going down every year. However, there were a couple that did stick out. You know, you got to love the Danny DeVito M&M coming to life commercial. That was a good one. Uh, the Dorito commercial with uh, Peter Dinklage and uh, then the then the Mountain Dew commercial right after with Morgan Freeman I thought yeah. was awesome. But my favorite, I think, was the uh, Alexa Lost Her Voice commercial <laughs> and uh, you had the fill-ins with uh, Cardi B, uh, Anthony Hopkins, uh, who else was it, uh, Leslie Jones from SNL, uh, you know, and I think who else? There were a couple other uh, voices to help out, and uh, I think that one was probably the best. Uh, yeah. I really liked that one. Yeah, those are some good calls. Uh, my favorite one, although it wasn't really a commercial for anything other than the NFL, was the one with um, Odell Beckham and Eli Manning redoing Dirty Dancing. Um, uh, to say stiff, Eli Manning is stiff, would be an understatement, uh, to say the least. Uh, I, I would love to see how many takes it took to get that filmed. It had to be days, days to get that filmed. But uh, you know, that made the commercial his awkwardness actually made the commercial even better and uh yes definitely big ups to the giants uh, you know for for pulling that off you know for pulling that off for the nfl net uh nfl network that was yeah. uh, awesome uh more celebrations to look forward to next year yeah no doubt about it all right and i got my last super bowl thing what's your used to go to snack for the super bowl man i know we went to somebody's house we had barbecue whatever and little finger foods pretty much the whole night on top of, you know, a ton of beer. What's your favorite go-to snack at the Super Bowl? Uh, you got to have some wings. I'm a wing guy, a wing guy. Unfortunately, though, this year I uh, didn't have any wings. You know, we had the uh, big pot of Sloppy Joes, which is not a bad thing. But, not uh, bad. you know, usually usually the wings are the, the standout item. But uh, they were absent this year. But uh, it was a great Super Bowl, so... Uh, didn't miss him this year. Yeah, shout out to R Dub, our longtime friend and collaborator there. Uh, I remember going to his house one time to watch a wrestling pay per view, and uh, his family broke out the, uh, the Sloppy Joes. And that was probably the last time I've had Sloppy Joes, and that was probably twenty years ago. So, uh, shout out R Dub. <laughs> All right, let's hit through the first quarter. Hey, man, we're going streaking. We're going to break this into two different uh, areas of streaks. We got good streaks and we got bad streaks heading into the second quarter. So let's let's start out with the good. Um, the Raptors, uh, again, quietly doing their thing. Three games in a row. One game out of the top seed in the East with a win over the Celtics last night. Um, 
Do you trust the Raptors? <laughs> no, do not. I uh, cannot uh, quick answer no. However, they are playing good ball uh, as we, you know, push towards the all-star break. You like that. I like where they're sitting. Uh, again, quality play from their backcourt. They're definitely led by their backcourt with Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan. Uh, he's been urged to uh, step out. You know, he's the mid-range king. And they said, hey, step back a couple steps, shoot the three. He's embraced that, you know, taking more and making more this year. Uh, that's only helped his game uh, even more. So you you got to like uh, the direction they're heading. But I say no, I don't trust them because I cannot give them any credit to they do it in the postseason. Uh, they've, we've seen this before from Toronto. So, again, no surprise, a quality team. Uh, let's see them do it when it's uh, postseason time. Yeah, they've been remarkably healthy for the, uh, the other teams in the East um, getting through as well. Uh, yeah, you can't trust the Raptors, man. I'm sorry. Even if they're the number one seed, uh, whoever they're playing eighth is going to have a, 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 a fighter's chance uh, of knocking them off. It, it, you just can't trust them. I can't do it. Um, it'd be nice if they were able to do that. Uh, I know um, the NBA might not be that thrilled about having Toronto in the finals, but um, it would it would definitely be a different story, a good story, and uh, I'd like to see them move ahead forward. But, uh, yeah, I can't trust them. All right, Indeed. how about the Bucs? Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say at least Drake would be happy. You know, he would. Yeah. He would. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Maybe he but. can get the NBA song on the ABC night. The 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 rap that they have for that this year is um, subpar to say the least. Uh, the for the NBA <laughs> primetime show. It's a different kind of rap for sure. It's a different yeah. kind of rap. I was like, who is that, McElroy? What the fuck is this? So, yeah. uh, whatever. All right, hey, in Milwaukee, we got three in a row. They're up to fifth in the East, um, half a game out of fourth place in the East. Coaching, coaching chain makes a difference. Jabari Parker is back in the house. I go with the second part. Jabari Parker definitely, uh, and they're slowly bringing him back, but he's still making uh, an impact. You know, another wing player, uh, you know, never hurts. Uh, but, you know, a coaching change, hearing another voice, uh, you know, is is good. And then when you have the Greek freak, you know, you know you're in good hands. As he uh, did something last night against the Knicks <laughs> that was absolutely out of this world, jumping over Tim Hardaway Jr. for the alley oop slam. Mm-hmm. He's incredible, and he's only getting better. So Milwaukee headed in the right direction. A lot of people uh, thought they would be in this position, and they're showing why right now. Yeah, they definitely made a turn a bit corner here. I think they're eight and two in their last ten uh, since the coaching change uh, firing Jason Kidd. So, uh, yeah, shout out to the Bucks and very close to getting up to number four in the East. So, good job. Let's head out uh, to the Nuggets, the Rich and Creamies, man. Three in a row, six in the West. They had two big wins over <laughs> Oklahoma City and the Warriors in the last week or so. Uh, another team trying to do it without a superstar, though. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, definitely some noise being made in the Rocky Mountains. Denver uh, is playing some good ball. Uh, Gary Harris Jr. of Michigan State leading them uh, in scoring. You know, we got Jamal Murray as well doing fine things in the backcourt, you know, as he has elevated his game. They've taken him off the ball a little bit, and I think that's freed him up uh, to score more from the wing. They've also taken the pressure off. You know, Emmanuel Moutier, who was a high pick uh, a couple years ago, uh, bringing him off the bench. So 
sometimes of late. And all of this being done uh, without their huge offseason acquisition of Paul Millsap, you know, who's only played a handful of games, about 20 games or so uh, this year, been out with injuries. So uh, they're doing uh, quality work, uh, and they're missing a, a major piece. So, you know, Millsap is, uh, you know, slowly getting back in the form. They possibly expect him back shortly after the All-Star break. And who knows, Denver uh, could make some noise. Uh, don't expect too much, but, uh, hey, if they make the playoffs, that's a quality season for Denver. Yeah, Millsap definitely uh, expected to be back after after the All-Star break. And um, they'll get a chance, actually, to get a chance to move up as well. Uh, they've been making a little bit of hay and get a chance to get up to somewhere where you want to get away from that, you know, try to get up to four, and they're only a game and a half out of fourth place. So, uh Shouts out to the Nuggets. All right. Uh, the Pistons. Hey, man, what Kardashian or Jenner curse? Uh, Blake Griffin makes the, sh- the transition to the uh, to the Midwest. Uh, four games in a row. Undefeated since he made it into the lineup. He and Drummond, dominant group down low. Half a game out of eighth in the, in the East. Yeah, a bit surprising that they're uh, clicking as quickly as they are. Uh, Blake Griffin, we know, an outstanding athlete. Um, you know, with many highlight dunks we've seen over the years, some injuries have slowed him down a bit. However, he and Andre Drummond have seemed to hit it off as a combo, and uh, they're working well together uh, for good wins. Good job leading into the All-Star break. Hopefully they can only build on it uh, coming out of the break to make that last uh, playoff push. So, you know, with uh, other teams uh, having injuries in the East, you know, Detroit, could they slip back in uh, to playoff, uh, in a playoff spot? You know, we'll see. Like you said, they're uh, just a, a game out, so they're heading in the right direction. Yeah, that'd be a tough out if that wound up being, you know, just shooting it out about Toronto. That'd be a tough out for them. Um, that's a team that they would probably give them a little bit of trouble because of their size down low. Um, so, yeah, just – I'm I'm kind of surprised that he's come over there and done as well as he had. You know, we get to see a lot of Clipper games when they were playing, you know, when they were, you know, good, when they had a bunch of good players. Not as as much this year. And you really get a chance to see him, his ball handling abilities, his ability to post up a little bit. He's shooting threes. And if he gets anywhere near that circle, he's going to dunk all over you. So, um, you know, shout out to Blake Griffin. I think, a lot of the time, because he's been injured and playing for the Clippers, I think a lot of us forgot how good he can be. Well, probably playing with his chip on his shoulder as well, you know, getting moved. Um, you know, after signing the big contract from the Clippers, he's trying, probably trying to, hey, I'll show you. You trade me, uh, this is what you're missing. So uh, with playing sometimes uh, with that chip gives you that extra bit of motivation, and he's uh, definitely showing the Clippers uh, what they're missing. Um, Stan Van Gundy has to be happy. No doubt. Hey, how about them Rockets, man? Uh, five in a row, one game out of the top seed in the West, and they got the tiebreaker over the Doves. They embarrassed the Cavaliers here a few days ago. It was absolutely ridiculous. Um, are, the Rockets the, the, are the Rockets the best team in, in the league right now? Uh, if you say right now, you got to say yes. I mean, the Rockets are firing on all cylinders, just like the rocket that took off the SpaceX uh, <laughs> just the other day. you got to give them all props. 
I don't think they're launching a Tesla into the atmosphere, though. But, you know, when you got, you know, you got contributions from all over the lineup, of course, you got James Harden, Chris Paul, but you still got Ryan Anderson and Capella and Eric Gordon, and everybody seems to be chipping in, doing their part for the Rockets. Uh, you know, even Coach Mike D'Antoni is making all the right moves, so you got to give him some credit as well. So, hey, the Rockets right now, are they the best team right now? Got to say yes. Can they keep it up? You know, that's where we're still trying to see can they keep it up uh, as we move on later in the season. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up that SpaceX thing. Uh, every time I see that thing with that, I literally think that's a real dude driving that car in space. Um, like for real, <laughs> not just a robot. <laughs> I'm looking at it. And I'm like, yo, they sent a real dude out into space to drive to Mars. Uh, so yeah, that's just crazy. Yeah, loving you the know, rockets right now. Go ahead. I don't, I don't know much about the space stuff, but uh, NASA I thought was the leaders in the space thing. They seem to be behind this Elon yeah. Musk dude. I don't know, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, I don't know a whole lot about it, but I ain't heard much from NASA these days. So, but even moving on, moving on. Yeah, exactly. NASA ain't putting no cars in space driven by no robot. I know that. Um, so, um, yeah. So, the, yeah, the Rockets uh, again. My I'm moving slowly into being my favorite in uh, in the West. Um, we're gonna talk about the Dubs here in, in one of the other quarters. But yeah, I'm I'm definitely liking what I'm seeing. Uh, they're defending. Hopefully everybody can stay healthy. Again, we talked about this with Chris Paul uh, as you get closer and closer to the playoffs and him breaking down. So hopefully that works out for the for the Rockets. Hey, man, the Jazz, one of my favorite teams who started off real strong, fell off hugely in the winter months, and kind of climbing on their way back. Six wins in a row, eight and two in their last ten. Uh, they could be sellers tomorrow and tonight and tomorrow. Uh, Derek Favors rumored to be on the block. Um, 11th in the West after just an absolute terrible December and January. Well, I tell you, when Derek Favors, uh, you know, plays a, a lost art position, a power forward, you know, if he's not a stretch four, you know, we got to find somebody that can be. So he is definitely somebody that could be expendable for Utah. But they are led by the dynamic rookie, Donovan Mitchell. He's, he's carrying the Jazz uh, these days, getting, you know, contributions from Rubio and Gobert, but it's definitely Donovan Mitchell uh, leading the team. Um, you know, you talk about rookie of the year, you know, a lot of Ben Simmons talk. Got to start with Donovan Mitchell from from my point of view as he leads Utah. You know, they're sitting in the 10th spot in the West, so they got some, some work to do if they want to slip in the playoffs. But uh, of late, they're doing all the right things. Uh, in Utah. Yeah, a team that was kind of left for good here uh, when Hayward left. They thought everybody, they thought they'd be in this position anyway, minus the six-plus wins where they were before the win. Um, it'll be very curious just to see if they move favors. He's got an expiring contract, uh, so that is very um, enticing for certain teams uh, to see if he gets moved out to, like, a contender either in the East or in the West and to kind of see what they can get back for him. All right. Let's get to the second quarter. Uh, this is the bad side of the streak. Uh, my Miami Heat uh, make it five in a row as they go down to the Rockets tonight, 109 to 101 uh, at the American Airlines Arena, five in a row. They had a big game last week when we recorded the podcast to the, uh, playing against the Cavs. 
that opportunity to move to the third seed in the East, and they lose that game real close, and they haven't won a game since then. Five in a row, all the way down to seventh in the East already. Uh, possibility of them moving uh, Hassan Whiteside or Justin Winslow with the possibility of trying to get back something of a superstar, something to try to uh, to help them out. What's up with the Heat? Well, I'll tell you that how quickly things change. You mentioned on the cusp of moving into uh, one of the top spots in the East, and now they're on the cusp of falling out of playoff contention totally. Uh, they're kind of in free-fall mode, and, you know, Hassan Whiteside, their prized possession currently, you got to look at, um, you know, is there some turmoil you know, for things to have changed that quickly to, to put your, your number one player, so to speak, on the trading block. So there must be something behind the scenes going on in Miami. Uh, definitely not a good look for Eric Spolstra and the Heat. He's had some issues with maturity um, since he's been, you know, in Miami. Uh, they invested a, a lot of money in him. Um, and he's I think he's turned the corner a little bit there. But he also plays a position that, you know, 15 years ago was a much more dominant thing. You know, he doesn't really have much of a game outside of his back to the basket. Uh, he's still going to be able to get you rebounds and those types of things. But um, he doesn't really offer you anything in terms of, like, perimeter shooting or anything like that. And he's not as, as tall as he is. He should be a much better uh, rim defender, and he's really not that dude either. Uh, he'll probably wind up making the all-star team here with Porzingis uh, going out possibly. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm very curious to see what's going to happen with Miami, but yeah, this, this might be a 500 team last year. They finished the, uh, I think the last half of the year, they went 33 and eight and just missed the playoffs by a game started off much better at the front end this year, uh, but definitely falling back right now. So yeah, not cool. What's happening in Miami for a Miami Heat fan. Um, speaking of the Knicks, Hey, four losses in a row, three and the seven in their last 10 last night, Porzingis gets the huge slammer jammer and comes down and tears his ACL. Uh, do the Knicks go full lotto mode now? Oh, I think they're in uh, definite tank mode with Persingas being out. You know, Michael Beasley will probably be the, the quote-unquote leader now with Tim Hardaway Jr. But, yeah, they're in uh, total tank mode. You know, they need someone to go along with Persingas when he gets back healthy, assuming he comes back healthy. Uh, so expect them to um, lose a few games in the, the remaining portion of the season to position themselves well for the lottery. You know, a lot of nice players coming into the league, uh, they're looking uh, to be sending a lot of scouts out in the next few weeks to see what's in the collegiate ranks because the Knicks, uh, you know, they'll probably shed a few contracts even if they can. You know, Joe Kim Noah, I know once and is begging, please get me out of New York. Uh, and he could be a, a, a banger that someone might need, um, you know, probably sending him out to Golden State possibly. But, you know, they definitely want to uh, shed some shed some weight as far as money and uh, definitely shed some as many wins as possible if they can lose uh, the rest to position themselves to get as many ping pong balls as possible. Yeah. Uh they trade uh what's that center? Was it Hernan Hernan Gomez, Willie Hernan Gomez. They trade him to the Hornets today. Uh the person that they received back from him they just cut. 
you know, <laughs> they just released that person. Uh, so, yeah, they are in definite shed mode. I'm not really sure why they don't just go ahead and cut Joachim Noah. Or, I mean, just paying the money. I mean, what's the point? Just sitting him there on the bench or, you know, get a buyout, whatever. You know, he could – his knees are shot. and He could probably go and play 15 to 17 minutes for a contender, uh, you know, and kind of leave it all on the floor for those 15 to 17 minutes a night. Uh, I'm not sure why they're just holding on to him, though. It's just out of spite. Hey, he's still collecting the checks, so you can, uh, oh, yeah. can't beat that. No, he's on the Bobby Bonilla deal at this point, man. He's getting paid. It doesn't really matter if he plays or not. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, our last bad streak is the Bulls, seven in a row. Also somebody that had a, a pretty good run there for a little bit. The Bulls were winning games when Miracic came back. Um, they trade Miracic to the Pelicans, and now they should be also in full lottery mode as well. Yeah, I think when Miritich came back initially from his uh, punch in the jaw, he was playing for a trade that yeah. he was uh, showing what he can do so other teams can see what they can get from him. So when Cousins went down for the Pelicans, they thought, hey, here's somebody that could feel And he's even been playing well for New Orleans. Um, however, you're right, another team that will be in definitely lottery mode, uh, looking to position themselves well. Uh, for that lottery, uh, you know, even though they just, you know, picked up Zach Levine, uh, you know, wouldn't be surprised if he was uh, could be moved. Um, but, yeah, they're definitely free fall mode as well, positioning themselves for some ping pong balls. Not sure why Harry Bird gets to keep his job. Um, he, You would think that he would be, you know, kind of getting run out on the rails, but um, it hadn't happened yet. Yeah, Fred Hoiberg, I don't know, he's on a, I don't know, he's on a magic carpet ride or something <laughs> in Chicago because his team is doing absolutely nothing and has done nothing since he's been there, but he's still in uh, good favors with ownership. Uh, at least through this year, we'll see what happens uh, in the off season. No doubt. All right. We head into halftime uh, as Nasir Jones starts to bring us in. There was a report that came out yesterday. Everybody knows that this summer coming up, um, LeBron James and Paul George and Chris Paul are this level of free, you know, they're going to be free agents. And there's always been this talk about bringing, you know, Laker glory back to the, uh, you know, back to Staples Center. You know, after Kobe has gone away, they don't really have a star. They've had a hard time attracting stars. And the ones that they have got to get there from Dwight Howard to Steve Nash, have really kind of blown up in their face. And there's been an ownership issue with, uh, I guess it was Jerry, not Jerry Buss, Jim Buss. He was really not good at the basketball stuff, turned it back over to his sister, the incredibly hot Jenny Buss. Uh, we don't know what you're doing, Phil. I don't know why you dropped that one. And um, and now uh, Magic Johnson being the, the head of basketball operations out there, and they're doing their best to collect young talent. They've drafted well over the last couple of years. Um, and so with everything was being set up for them to try to get two max players in this, uh, this coming summer, who, you know, hope the rumors have been LeBron James and Paul George. Um, but now since they're playing well, there's, I think a seven and three in their last 10, all of this without the big baller, Lonzo ball, they're playing their tails off. And so there's a report out there that the Lakers might just roll the dice with their young talent and not pursue any max players. Can you actually see that happening? Or does L.A. need the glitz and glamour? 
Uh, L.A. needs some glitz and glamour. That's what L.A. is all about. Um, you know, they have been pleased of late, definitely, obviously, with Kyle Kuzma playing well. Still got Brandon Ingram doing his thing as well. A uh, little surprise, you know, they're still talking about keeping, you know, Julius Randle. I thought he would be a piece that would be gone in a uh, possible trade. And, you know, who knows, he still may go as the deadline approaches. Uh, but they are pleased with uh, a lot of their young players. Uh, I never, ever thought LeBron would be a fit with L.A. and Lonzo Ball. You know, two players that, uh, you know, demand the basketball, I don't think, uh, would work in their case. You know, I think LeBron probably would have stunted the growth uh, of Lonzo Ball. So I I never saw that combination working. Uh, But, you know, I still see Paul George. He's still out there. You know, if he, if things don't finish well in OKC, uh, I think Paul George is still a viable option. Um, And I think he is a better fit with the Laker team alongside Lonzo Ball than, you know, say LeBron would be. You want to build your team around Lonzo. That's why you picked him uh, number two in the draft. So anybody you bring in must fit his game to make the Lakers uh, better in the future. I totally agree with you about LeBron and Lonzo. You know, LeBron needs shooters around him, um, you know, because he's going to dribble, drive, penetrate, and to kick out and those dudes need to be able to shoot threes, and Lonzo Ball ain't that dude yet. Maybe he will be at some point in time, but he certainly isn't that person for you know right now. Um, I, I cannot see PG thirteen going out there without another superstar. I don't know if he wants the weight of you know Laker Nation on his shoulders and have nobody that's at least a star to share that with. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't know. It seems like he's comfortable in Oklahoma City, but you're right. If something happens, and they are super streaky, as we well know, you know, if they go out in the first round of the playoffs, is he going to be like, you know what, I'm out. You know, I think Melo is also a free agent as well. You know, maybe they could all turn their backs on on, um, on Oklahoma City. Well, again, Paul George would be getting a max contract and going home to L.A. Um, you know, and the weight would not be on his shoulders. The weight is still going to be on Lonzo Ball. He's the uh, he's the savior, if you will. He's the face of the Lakers right now, at least right now he is, and uh, as going forward. So I don't think Paul George would be pressured with that yet. He would be the big money maker if he did come. But, uh, you know, the media would still point towards uh, – you know, Lonzo Ball. There is talk that they might move all their money to 2019 um, and to see who's going to be free agents then. I think it's like Clay Thompson becomes a free agent then. Uh, who would also, that would be him him coming home to. Um, I can't remember who the other free agents were for 2019. There's also that talk always on LeBron signing a one-year contract and then coming, you know, like it's all always that. I'm I'm kind of surprised. I really think that they want a superstar out there. They want to return the Lakers to Showtime or whatever. And I, I think they want a big name. I mean, LeBron would be the biggest name, but I think they want a huge name out there. Yeah. You know, I think you know. I I know I I keep mentioning this name. I said he would come to Cleveland to save LeBron. Uh, you know, Anthony Davis would be a name to pair with Lonzo Ball. Uh, that would bring some um, 
some some butts to the seats in L.A. for sure if he was playing in Laker purple and gold. Do you think some of the luster has fallen off the Lakers? You know, they had a hard time getting people to come in and deal with Kobe being Kobe uh, while he was there, and now that he's gone, do you think some of the luster, you know, for the last, I guess, five or so seasons just fell off the Lakers? It definitely has. You know, the Lakers, uh, you know, were even upstaged by the Clippers there for a spell. So, you know, the Lakers are trying to get that back, trying to win the city back in in the grand scheme of things. I mean, it always stayed a Laker town in, you know, a lot of ways. But, you know, the Clippers definitely uh, made made themselves known in L.A., and I think the Lakers need to get that back first and then go from there. Yeah, I'm – I'm going full full on board with this idea. It's like they're banking everything on Lonzo Ball. That could be a problem. That's basically all I'm saying. Uh, I mean, again, I see I see some potential there, but I don't know, man. Uh, rumors out on TMZ today. We're a full-service podcast. We got rumors, too. Uh, rumors out on TMZ today. He uh, He's about to be a daddy as well at uh, 20 years old. So, shouts out to Lonzo and his little baller. Uh that's about to be born. So there you go. All right. Uh, yeah, man, the Lakers. All right. So we're ahead uh, out of halftime and headed to the third quarter. Uh, the lovely Rachel Nichols on the jump on ESPN uh, did a report today that NBA injuries are up this year. You think that they're up. They are actually up uh, of about 31% over games missed uh, from last year. Um, so it's not in your head that more, pe- more nor players are missing games. But why, I guess, is the biggest question. The NBA has done everything they can to space out the games. Uh, the season started at a different time. Uh, they reduced the number of back-to-backs tremendously. Uh, the three games and five nights have been reduced tremendously. Um, there's going to be a huge uh, break uh, after the All-Star game. They've done a lot to kind of spread this out. So why are players getting more injured? Uh, yeah, getting more injured at a, at a higher rate than the previous seasons. Well, you know, there's a couple of theories. I've listened to uh, that talk about the injuries. You know, a lot of people have focused, yeah, they've changed the season, but then, you know, the All-Star break is still in the same place in the season. So, you know, they the All-Star break usually follows shortly after the Super Bowl. So the, the season started earlier, but then uh, still a long way into the All-Star break, you know, and it seemed like if you move the season up, you also move the All-Star break up, you know, but that didn't happen. So uh, some people have pointed to that. Probably not that. Some people mentioned this is the AAU generation uh, that has never taken a season off, so to speak, where they play basketball all year long and it's finally mm-hmm. catching up, you know, to some of these young guys. Uh, that did that for years and years growing up, and maybe their bodies are, are finally breaking down for the tear and, uh, wear and tear over the years. You know, some people lean to that theory. Uh, you know, I lean to the theory is just some, some very bad luck to some very good players. Um, you know, these are probably the best conditioned athletes, the best athletes walking the planet. Uh, you know, Porzingis, for example, you know, he's, gangly 7-3 he went up for a dunk just happened to come down come down wrong you know uh boogie cousins you know he's going after a loose ball seems very harmless but you know like he got hit by a sniper in the back of the leg 
You yeah. know, those things seem, you know, just kind of random. Unfortunately, happened to some some quality ball players. John Wall, his injury. You know, uh, Kevin Love, his injury. You know, lots of uh, injuries. Plus, if you're on Team LeBron in the All Star game, you better watch out. Yeah. <laughs> all the, you know, all those stars that I just mentioned were all on his team. All those guys are, are out uh, for extended <laughs> amount of time. All on Team LeBron. Even Kyrie missed some time with, you know, a, a thigh injury. So, you know, Team LeBron was uh, slowly breaking down. Could there be a curse hanging over <laughs> Team LeBron? Who knows? Yeah, the curse of the comp. Um, <laughs> he had everybody anyway. Um, the injuries also affecting the trade and the trade deadline. You mentioned Boogie, who was going to be a free agent as well, who could have possibly wound up with the Lakers. Um, Kevin Love, who wasn't going to be a free agent, but uh, probably one of the, the Cavs' more tradable pieces. Um, and even, you know, John, even John Wall being hurt right now. The Wizards playing excellent basketball with him being out. You know, uh, I think they're what six and one or something like that without him. You know, he was a possibility that he even he could have been put up for something. You know, who knows at this point in time? But it just I, I subscribe to the theory of the of the AAU thing that everybody's just playing so much basketball. It's kind of like you know all these kids getting Tommy John surgery in baseball. You know, you got you know nine and ten year olds throwing curveballs and tearing their arms up. Well, these kids are playing, you know, basketball all the time, all travel, all whatever, and they put so many miles on their legs and bodies. You know, by the time they do get through one year of college and into the NBA, you know, it's just it's just a little bit much. And I think you see those, you know, those soft tissue injuries, those knee injuries all the time that you see in the NBA that takes them out for, you know, weeks and months. Yeah, these guys are, um, they they are machines of sorts that they can do it. But, you know, even machines break down uh, at times. So um, the body needs rest. It'll tell you uh, that it needs rest, and it's telling some of these guys maybe it needs rest. And even as we, you know, head towards the All-Star break, you know, all the teams in the league probably just need a break, you know, and then come back for the final stretch. Yeah. We're going to hit that when we get here to the fourth quarter. Do you subscribe to the theory possibly, too, that having kids come in so young to the league and playing what we call grown man basketball, you know, when their bodies really aren't physically ready for it and it takes them a couple of years if they don't get the 76ers red shirt year, do you think that plays into it a little bit, too? Because they're, you know, just not used to playing this huge, heavy schedule against grown-ass men. Absolutely. No question. You know, these many of these young guys are physically, you know, not not ready. You know, they come in 180 pounds, 190 pounds soaking wet, you know, playing against some big, strong men. You know, LeBron goes anywhere from 255 to 265, 70. You know, he's a, a man, you know, and, and sometimes these young guys bounce bounce off of these big old guys and, you know, and get kind of a reality check, like, man, you know, this is uh, more than I signed up for, more than I thought I signed up for. So there's definitely, you know, some of that. And and they're used to playing 35 to 40 games as opposed to 82 games, you know. So even that is a change in itself, you know. there There is an adjustment period from the 
you know, college ranks to the NBA ranks. So, you know, a lot of these young guys are, are still adjusting. Right. Okay. All right, let's head into the fourth quarter. Hey, man, uh, ABC is like, what's going on with our finalists for the last three seasons here? We've had these huge ratings. Uh, we were thinking we was going to get, you know, four years in a row of, of Warriors versus Cavs, get LeBron in the finals, Steph Curry, and all of that. Um, a little bit of a struggle right now for both teams. Uh, the Warriors, two losses in a row, uh, a bad loss to Oklahoma City last night where they lose by 20 in a uh for lack of a better word, a contentious game, to say the least. Technicals all over the place. Draymond gets bounced. Um, yeah, just not a good look. Um, six and four in their last ten. Uh, Steve Kerr says they're emotionally fried. They just need to get to the all-star break. Um, any signs in, in Oakland? Well, definitely some signs. But, you know, between these two teams we're talk, about to talk about, I worry about Golden State last. You know, they, uh, for the first time this year, they lost two games in a row. Um, no other team, you know, can make that statement. So, for them, that is a big deal. But, you know, they are a team that uh, seems a little, you know, out of sorts. You know, they used to be or used to seem to be a, a flowing machine, you know, where passes were made, people were in the right spots to get those passes and to make the extra pass for the shot. You know, the ball movement doesn't seem to be taking the places way it used to be, at least maybe earlier in the year or even last year. You know, so maybe just a couple of days off, you know, is what Golden State might need. The only problem is four of their top players will be playing yeah. <laughs> in the All-Star game, so they won't get the same break as everyone else. But right. uh, it's still, you know, a break of sorts, and uh, I think they are, are just ready for it. I don't worry too much about them. They'll be ready come play all the time. You know, uh, you know, they just have to worry about trying to deal with the Rockets and OKC. But their first two years going to the finals, they were the number one efficient team in offense and the number one efficient team in defense. Um, again, they're on all the time now. They are not defending the way they used to, uh, essentially with the same parts. Um, but there's also, you know, people forget that this team's getting a little bit older too, especially on the bench. Um, you know, uh, some of their bench players are logged uh, quite a few minutes in the NBA, uh, people that they – depend on for some fairly heavy minutes and Steve Kerr is doing his best to kind of try to monitor that ahead of the playoffs but um, they're definitely not defending as well as they used to. Well father time is undefeated still you know you got Iguodala you know the elder statesman um, you know coming off the bench he can't do it quite like he uh, used to um, even a couple years ago or even last year and Probably their bench production overall, David West, I think he might even be older than Iguodala. So, you know, coming off the bench, you know, you know, again, they can only give short spurts, you know, Levingston, you know, still doing his thing of sorts. But, you know, their bench is not quite, you know, given the support to the starters maybe that they once were uh, in years past. So uh, that may be, if anything, some of the point towards, um, you know, for Golden State. But, again, I'm not worried too much about Golden State looking forward. Just think about it. You know, if this is the first time they lost two games in a row, 
you know, in a playoff series, you got to beat them four times. That's tough to do to Golden State. Yeah. Uh, the other finalist uh, is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, I didn't check the score. What's going on with them in Minnesota right now? They could wind up being – they scored a lot of points. It was almost – they were almost at 100 points heading into the third quarter. Uh, it's 124-124 with about two minutes to go in the fourth. Uh, two losses in a row for the Cavs. Um a bad loss again last night to a bad Orlando team. Uh, I mean, in a game that they wound up losing by a lot of a lot of points, a game that they were winning uh, fairly handily at the half. Um, I don't know, man. Everything seems like it's wrong. Uh, the coach, the owner, don't want the, their best player, LeBron, uh, not going to waive his no trade clause. Um, there's some chemistry issues. Windhorse saying that they need to trade like three or four players just to get, you know, just to get the chemistry right because it's so toxic in the locker room. Uh, what? I mean, not even what's going on in Cleveland. Can this even be close to being fixed? Uh, can be fixed without drastic moves. You know, if LeBron's not waiving his no trade clause, that's one we know not going to happen. Isaiah Thomas, uh, the IT experiment, if you will. Uh, you know, has not been what they had hoped. So, if anything, he may be one of those pieces that uh, they could be talking about needs to go. Derrick Rose, we know he's had his uh, moments uh, on the court, but we know he's had his moments not so great off the court where he even left the team for a while and, you know, uh, his uh, injuries uh, that have happened. You know, a lot of people talk about them missing uh, someone like a Richard Jefferson who was a glue um, you know, all not giving big minutes, but in the locker room, he was a, a presence uh, that kept everything together and even kept everybody laughing. You know, mm-hmm. the Cavs, they're, they're in trouble. Uh, you know, a drastic move, uh, as we mentioned, uh, for the last couple of weeks needs to be made with the trade deadline tomorrow. If they lose this game tonight, that'll be their ninth straight uh, nationally televised game that they've lost. So, um, you know, if if uh, something doesn't happen in in Cleveland, um, you know, losing to an Orlando team with the second worst record in the league uh, is is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it was on the road, but on the same note, uh, you, you got to put those teams away, and they're even without probably their best player, Aaron Gordon. So yeah. uh, that's a loss that you cannot have when you're. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and you got finals uh, expectations. That's not the look of a finals team. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I mean, I mean, again, we you know we've said it. They're old. Um, they don't have really any tradable assets if it's not it. Who I don't think would bring them back much at this point in time anyway. Um, and then Kevin Love, who's hurt. So you know there was still talk this morning about they might be in the DeAndre Jordan sweepstakes. But again, for me, like he doesn't really solve much for them. For me, you know, he gives them a rim, rim defender. But once they get into like the finals, if they made it to the finals, or even if they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, if they were playing Boston, when they go small, they're going to get him off the floor. I mean, you know, and he's a liability in other areas too, because his inability yeah. to make free throws. So, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah the and, DeAndre would come into yeah. play. Um, You know, that's a trade, uh, you know, again, that's more of a contract shed as well, if that were to happen. But um, still, it's a move that, that, you know, a change in scenery 
change of a voice in the locker room, a new teammate could help. Um, you never know. Uh, Tyron Lou could be headed out, you know, this year uh, as well if things don't turn around because, you know, the coach uh, is the leader of this team and he's not, um, you know, leading as uh, many think he should. You know, David Black got fired when he was, I believe, what, 33 and 13 or something like that. With a winning yeah. record, he got fired. Yeah. So yeah. Tyron Lue is, uh, you know, in trouble as it is. But, you know, when you have LeBron James, you know, you're always in it. So you never can uh, overlook him as uh, he's going to do whatever he can. And um, so you can't count him out. However, this year is not looking good in the land. No doubt. All right, so we we'll hit the close out after 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 the last buzzer here. All right, we we've been doing this thing where we've been going over the best player ever for a particular team and franchise, and we've been doing it alphabetically by the city name, not by the uh, the mascot. So uh, when I was looking at the the list today, I was just like, oh wait a minute, um, the Chicago Bulls is the next is the next team. And then the team after that was the Cleveland Cavaliers. So I was like, all right, we can wipe these two out like off the off the off the deck like easily. So we're gonna yeah. have to do it too. And we can't even do the Bulls' second best player because they have two players in the top fifty players of NBA players of all time. So there I don't want to get into their third best player because that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. So we're good for the Bulls with Jordan and Pippen. Is there any dispute in this? Uh, you know, I was going to throw in Orlando Woolery, Jardis Gilmore, maybe, uh, no, Michael <laughs> Jordan, uh, the best, uh, LeBron, no doubt, in Cleveland, um, you know, even though Mark Price might have been a close second, maybe Ron Harper as well, but no, LeBron definitely in Cleveland, so yeah, we could skip those two. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, though, Cleveland, that's what I was saying, Cleveland would have to be, Cleveland has a good who's second list between Mark Price, Brad Doherty, and Ron Harper. Uh, they, that, that's a solid who was number two for the Cavs. So, I mean, who would you go, you know, as a, a hometown special with Ron Harper? Um, I don't know that he ever got the due that he was deserved there. Um, but I would probably go, as much as, as I didn't like the, Ca- uh, the Cavs then, I would probably go with Brad Doherty as number two. Uh, he was <clears throat> as close to... He was, he was as close to unstoppable as you could get for a player in Cleveland. You know, Brad Doherty was uh, solid. Uh, I would probably go with Mark Price uh, between yeah. uh, those two um, as the second best, you know, Cavalier. Um, but, you know, you can't uh, – I don't know. Yeah, you could, that would be a toss-up for sure, you know, and then Ron Harper – I definitely agree was an outstanding talent. Uh, probably didn't get, you know, definitely didn't get publicity that he deserved. Um, and playing in Cleveland when he did got zero love, uh, you know, because the team wasn't great at all. So, um, but, yeah, I would lean towards Mark Price would be my number two calf of all, all time. Right. All right. So, yeah, that, that that's a tough one. It had to be between the two of them, too. So, all right. All right, man. What you uh, no? What's the exit music before we hit the game of the week? Now I'm gonna make fun of you here in a minute, but go right ahead. Well, you know, <laughs> I've gotten I, I've gotten a couple words that hey, man, you you you're always picking this old school stuff. 
picking all this old stuff. So I said, okay, uh, let me stay a little more current, a little more current, you know, just looking back just a year, you know, uh, ASAP Ferg, ASAP Ferg, and and especially, you know, this particular song, you know, where he combined with probably my favorite record producer, DJ Premier, when you got Primo, you know, our song this week is ASAP Ferg, Our Street, and we're going to dedicate it to uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, if they want to do something to make a, a run at the finals again, they better do some ASAP. That's ASAP Ferg. <laughs> so, uh, ASAP Ferg, Our Streets is our song of the week. All right. I want to let you have that and not say what I said to you in text when you sent that to me. And I was like, wait, who are you? Uh, so, all right. Yeah, that's fine. All right, we got ASAP Ferg. is going to start to play us out. Yes, DJ Premier. We could do a whole podcast on his uh, his talents and whatnot. Uh, all right, what's your game of the week as the Cavs and the Timberwolves head into overtime? Well, you know, I, I was looking uh, through the list. Uh, man, I know we're not supposed to pick the primetime games, but that Sunday afternoon tilt with Boston and Cleveland uh, was sticking out at me as as a game, you know, another nationally televised game where Cleveland have struggled on yeah. TV. Uh, you know, could that be something uh, where they make a turn as top two teams in the West, or excuse me, in the East? Uh, you know, you can't look past that. So I said Cleveland and Boston on Sunday as the game of the week. Uh, I'm going to take it out almost a full week and go with uh, the Cavs headed out to Oklahoma City. Um, uh, again, Oklahoma City could be on a streak. They just went through like a three-game losing streak uh, going into going into Golden State last night looking at a four-game losing streak, and they go in and they win by 20 in Golden State. So they might wind up you know, being on a streak at that point. So I'm going to go with the Cavs at Oklahoma City. Uh, Oklahoma City embarrassed them pretty good. Um, a few weeks ago, <laughs> yeah, on, on uh, one embarrassed. of those televised games. Yeah, they embarrassed them very much. So, so if Cleveland's got any pride or whatever in them, maybe they can, you know, kind of pull it back together. Uh, maybe they pull this game out against a good Minnesota team. You know, on a night on a back to back. You know, this is a big deal for them. So this would be a good win and getting them uh, moving in the right directions. Although they're going to wind up giving upwards of 135, 140 points in this game. So, all right. All right. So that uh, wraps up this week in the association uh, for this week. Uh, remember, you'll be able to find this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. Uh, we are now on Google Play. Um, if you have a Google Home, if you one of those things where you say, hey, Google, and it'll talk to you. If you say, hey, Google, play the Brothers Comics podcast, it will play the podcast for you. It's pretty neat. I did it the other day. Uh, so, yeah, so check that out there. Rate, review, subscribe, share with your friends. Like I said last week, uh, we get a little bit of the data that comes back to us about people that listen to the podcast. And, you know, this is, this is a very popular podcast, not just in the United States, uh, and obviously not just with our friends, uh, but, like, you know, even in Japan and Germany or whatever. My brother always contends that those are people from military bases listening to your podcast over there. So, you know, shout out, uh, Kanichiwa. Uh, I don't know how to say hello in German, but whatever. Thank you all for listening to the podcast. Again, 
Uh, we appreciate everybody that listens. Again, feel free to share the podcast with whoever you need to share it with. And remember, this podcast is a part of the Brothers Commerce Podcasting Network. Uh, find the show, find your life. There is the Mr. Robot podcast on Mass Podcast, um, the Marvel Hacks, which we'll be recording tomorrow. Uh, I know what you did last winter, our Game of Thrones recap podcast, the intersection with Malika Salam. Uh, just a lot of things, uh, again, shows. You can sh- find some show that would probably give you some version of interest. So there it is. All right, one real quick thing, man. You just said you saw Spider-Man Homecoming finally. Uh, that's a solid six months late. But you said it was too long. Besides it being too long, what did you think of the movie? I thought it was entertaining, you know, some good uh, tidbits, some good comedy, some good teen humor uh, thrown in, a, a good movie. Uh, but... Boy, two hours, two hours plus, you know, for <laughs> uh, for Spider-Man. That was a lengthy movie, a nice twist in the end. I did like that. But yeah. uh, too long. Uh, let's go ahead and look forward to Black Panther next week. Yeah, and I'm not going to let you go six weeks or uh, six months without seeing Black Panther, sir. You're going to have to figure this out, uh, you know, for the culture. You have to figure out how you're going to get a chance to get in that movie. I'm, uh, I have my tickets for Thursday night, the 15th, 7 o'clock. Uh, we'll be all set and ready. Order my tashiki. Uh, we'll be all set and ready to go for Black Panther. Looks good. I'm excited to see that I won't be there opening weekend, but I definitely uh, will not be six months late seeing Black Panther. <laughs> awesome. All right. As we get wrapped up, again, it's hard for me to say that ASAP Ferg is taking this podcast out. Hey, man, tell them where they can find you. Oh, you can find me, Will Stacks, at Will Stacks on Instagram. Again, at Will Stacks on IG. Or you can find me on Twitter at MrWaters77 on Twitter at MrWaters77. Hit me up. Let me know what you think of the show. Give me some thoughts, some more thoughts about the song even. Uh, and we'll see what we can do to help you out. Right. Remember, you'll be able to find me, uh, the producer, at Brothers Comics, B-R-O-T-H-A-S-C-O-M-I-C-S, uh, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, all of those platforms, you know, shoot me a line, follow, all of that. We'll follow you back. All right. So that takes us out, man. All right. Next week, we'll know who got traded or who didn't get traded. And, uh, you know, we'll see you guys on the other side. Say so you're out with that. All right, Will Stacks is out. Don't trade me. We'll see y'all on the other side, y'all. Peace. My generation stuck on stupid Showing guns on the gram but no one use it Sometimes I feel like I'm about to lose it Because the fake win when y'all know what the truth is It's me the F-E, R to the fucking G My boss is gangstar, nobody can fuck with me Rest in peace, guru, nobody can fuck with he You rappers is cool, cool, better wake up out your fucking dreams Check it, check it, check it, pull up, pull up, pull up Yo, what up, Nesta?
Hello, hello. Hey, what's happening? Uh, wow. Yeah, uh, the NBA trade deadline is passed uh, at 3 o'clock. Uh, we recorded our podcast last night. By the way, this is the producer from Brothers Comics and this week in the association. We're doing an add-on to the podcast. On the line tonight is Will Stacks. Will, say what's up. Will Stacks in traffic. What's up, what's up, what's up? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I just got back into my office. Um, yeah, we last night we, we thought that there wasn't going to be much movement. And probably around uh, 12.30 or so, uh, things just started blowing up. As I'm looking, uh, my Twitter uh, starts blowing up, and then there's just trades all over the place as essentially the Cavs decide to start the season over with a brand-new team. So we're going to go over some of these uh, trades just a little bit and kind of see what what we think moving forward. And, uh, yeah, it's just been a much. So right off the top, they deal Isaiah Thomas out to the Lakers for um, – Clarkson and Larry Nance Jr. Uh, IT just never fit in with the Cavs. Yeah, they thought it would be a, a even swap, uh, so to speak, with uh, IT and Kyrie. Uh, obviously, two different types of players. Isaiah, hey, he wanted the ball in his hands, and when you play with LeBron, uh, you're definitely going to be a second fiddle with the ball. So it uh, just never worked out with the two of them on the court together. Uh, and so one of them had to go, and uh, that was an easy choice for Cleveland of who was going. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing that wind up they trade I you know it for Kyrie, and then it gets moved again. Uh, I just heard a rumor that the Lakers might be in buying out mode for it, and he might wind up back in Boston. Well, that would be an interesting move uh, if he goes back to Boston. He's going to be in six-man territory if that were to happen. Uh, to add some punch off the bench, um, he may like it just because he likes the city. But, you know, again, another, if he were to stay in L.A., when Lonzo Ball comes back, uh, that's, again, two people that want and need the ball. And, uh, again, they'll go to Lonzo as opposed to I.T. So if he's bought out, uh, could be an interesting uh, bidding war for his services, likely off the bench as a spark. It's amazing that in the last seven to eight months that he has, he loses his sister, he has a ridiculous playoff run in terms of scoring, he loses his sister, he has his hip injury, he has surgery, he gets traded, he winds up on a team that really doesn't want him, and he's a free agent, and he might not get a big bag of money at the end of the year. I, I mean, it's like, you know, it's almost like he's unwanted at this point. He would not get the uh, max deal he was hoping uh, to get, uh, which is uh, disappointing for him. But I think teams uh, kind of found out, you know, the type of player he is and the type of players that need to be surrounded, that needs to surround him. He had a good fit in Boston, but once he got moved, uh, he was kind of exposed a bit back to the way he was in Sacramento and in Phoenix. Yeah, it's just crazy. I'm feeling for IT here. Uh, that's just rough. Uh, the Cavs weren't done, though. Uh, they ship out Derek Rose and Jay Crowder and Iman Shumpert. Uh, they get back Rodney Hood and George Hill uh, to give them a little bit of veteran with George Hill. Uh, but the Cavs got ridiculously younger with uh, Clarkson, Nance, and, and Rodney Hood. Yeah, Rodney Hood could have 
scoring off the bench, uh, or he could even start, you know, with, uh, you know, some uh, space now, as we're going to talk about D-Wade here in a minute, but, uh, you know, Rodney Hood, uh, a good wing player, uh, you know, he and Clay would be kind of a, a wash, same, similar type of player, uh, but, you know, Derrick Rose moves kind of shedding contracts as well as uh, Shumpert. So uh, not only are the Cavs getting younger, uh, their pocket, uh, their wallets are getting lighter as well uh, as far as the numbers they're paying. Yeah, they uh, took themselves out of um, what's that that salary tax uh, penalty. Uh, they put the they took themselves out of that save up upwards of around 150 million dollars, which is ridiculous in and of itself. Uh, and then, yeah, you brought it up. The Cavs trade Dwayne Wade back to the Miami Heat for a second-round pick, which is really throwaway picks in the NBA. Uh, no more uh, big two, I guess, with Dwayne and, and, and uh, LeBron James. Yeah, I, I would love to have been a fly on the wall. I'm sure they had a conversation between the two of them. Um, I know the trade wasn't made without... Uh, LeBron and Wade having a conversation saying it would take place. I think it's great uh, for Wade to finish his career uh, where it started, you know, uh, and he can retire a member of the Miami Heat as he should. Uh, so I anticipate this probably being the swan song of sorts for Dwayne Wade. Uh, good for him in that sort of, hey, maybe he could reignite uh, the Heat to at least make a playoff push. Uh, if he has anything left in the tank. Yeah, uh, just kind of speculation. He was getting about 16 to 18 minutes with uh, with the Cavs. That'll probably be about the same here with the Heat as he tries to finish out. Uh, people are excited here. Uh, Stubb Hub had their game tomorrow night. I forget who they were playing. Yesterday, tickets were going for $12. At this moment, they're going for $77 as the minimum ticket. Uh, so everybody help, you know, happy to get uh, Dwayne Wade back in uh uh, in a heat uniform. Um, all right, there were a couple of other trades. Uh, you you brought this guy up yesterday, Emmanuel uh, Mudea. He winds up on the Knicks in um, a, a three-team deal. The Knicks send Doug McDermott to the Mavs. The Denver will acquire Devin Harris uh, and Emmanuel Mudea is up, off to the Knicks. Uh, he's a decent player. He's a very high draft pick. Um, uh, probably has more potential than he's actually showed on the court at this point. Yeah, he definitely uh, wasn't giving Denver what they had hoped when they drafted him fifth overall, but, you know, coming off the bench, he seemed to be in a better role, and things seemed to be uh, going a lot better for him. However, it's not uh, what you expect from a, a high draft pick to be uh, coming off the bench as a sixth or seventh man, so he was indeed dealt. It uh, could be a fresh start for him, although he will still continue to come off the bench uh, playing in New York. So, uh, just a fresh start sometimes, you know, new scenery, uh, reignite uh, the things. So, good luck to Moutier in New York. Yeah. Also, the Pistons get Jameer Nelson uh, and James Ennis from the Grizzlies on some trades as well. And, again, really just from, you know, some other kind of unknown players. I'll be honest with you, I didn't know Jameer Nelson was still in the league. I definitely didn't know he was on the Bulls. Uh, so, yeah, it gives them a little bit more of a veteran presence for the Pistons uh, as they try to make some sort of a push into the bottom half of the East. Yeah, Jameer Nelson definitely, uh, you know, a veteran presence. Been to the NBA Finals. Uh, played some big 
uh, minutes years ago with Orlando. They were sick of three uh, when needed. Uh, you know, again, we'll give some, uh, some help, uh, if you will, to Rex Jackson in uh, Detroit. And uh, we're maybe combining again with Blake Griffin doing his thing with Andre Drummond. Uh, maybe a better acquisition that could be a push that the Pistons need uh, to finish the season on, on a strong note. Yeah, it's just crazy. Everything goes nuts there at the end. We're probably missing a couple of smaller ones, too. Um, so did the Lakers get better, or did they really just do what we said last night and just clearing salary cap space, you know, to try to get, um, you know, two max players in the summer? Yeah, I think they cleared uh, space again. A little surprised, uh, you know, Julius Randle was still a Laker. I'm still surprised by that. Uh, but uh, they did clear a little space. You know, uh, Clarkson uh, was a, a volume shooter when he was in the game. Uh, you know, maybe he and Kuzma were the same type of player. Yeah. So, again, they could uh, get rid of one, and obviously Clarkson would be the man out in that situation. Um, he could be a, a scoring punch that the Cavs need in the backcourt off the bench. Um, you know, that could be a, a nice acquisition. Uh, we'll see how it turns out uh, in the land. Yeah. Uh, do you think Cleveland got better? Uh, I think I texted you. I was like, I think they got younger. I'm not sure if they, if they got better. Uh, you know, veteran teams win championships, and they got a lot of – they brought back a lot of young pieces with no real playoff experience heading into, uh, into the playoffs. Uh, they did get younger. Uh, better uh, from the standpoint um, – I'm going to say yes, only because, have you seen them play recently? Than <laughs> uh, what it has been, especially on the defensive end. A win last night, uh, thanks to LeBron's D and O at the end, but still giving up 139 points. Uh, defense is still a uh, struggle. Maybe these young legs that they just acquired with Hood and Clarkson and Nance, uh, these young legs can uh, provide some uh, defensive uh, uh, stoppage ability as well. But uh, definitely, uh, we said they had to make a drastic move ASAP as our song played us out last night. Uh, and they did indeed do that ASAP, making a, a bevy of moves. The half the roster uh, gone in Cleveland. Yeah, it's just, it, it's pretty amazing. Um, you know, when Ho- when Ho- Brian Windhorse said that they were going to get rid of three or four players, um, they did that and then some. Uh, moving on, uh, lots of veterans. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. Um, yeah, so we're just kind of adding on this podcast or this recording on to the other podcast. I'm not sure if I'm going to put it on the front end or the back. But, yes, this is uh, This Week in the Association. Remember, you can find this on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, Google Play. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Will Stacks, man, get out of that traffic. Hey, Will Stacks is out of traffic, and he is out. Peace. All right, y'all. Peace.